Why, hello and a howdy, we're so very glad to see you Cause we're getting kinda rowdy and we've got a lot to say And we're gonna try and do our very best to entertain you And we hope you'll be delighted by the time you go away That's pretty exciting, right Omega? Indeed! Yeah, right. HIAC Talk Radio is always exciting. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. I think he broke it. And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone. One and all to H-I-A-C talk radio as we get ready for the week later our scott hall tributes craig say it for me hey yo do it yeah there we go throwing the toothpicks yeah it's creating some lumber um Welcome to HIC Talk Radio again. Craig Lagans, you heard t- speaking. I'm uh, speaking right now. I'm Dan. Uh, I'm the other guy, Dan Calchico. Uh, find Craig Lagans at all social media platforms at Craig Lagans. Find me at DanLaw83. I'm a poet. Don't you know it? And the wind, you can blow it. Hey. Do the Scott Hall walk. Do it right now on camera. You want me to do the Scott Hall walk right now? I mean, this thing, I don't have pants on, but <laughs> that. The surfboard, as he called it. Then you got to do the cha-cha-cha. Every single time I've walked through a curtain, be it on stage at one of my shows, uh, when I went out to introduce um, some of the stars of The Walking Dead, when I was in an improv comedy group, whenever I walked out of a curtain, I walked out just like Scott Hall with the surfboard. Dude, I... I just realized today when I was telling Lily to get down, mm-hmm. um, we were eating dinner and she she's still she's learning. She's okay. getting better. But um, we usually eat at the table. But I was watching some video on. Uh, <laughs> oh, I was watching the Kevin Nash you shoot. Okay. <laughs> or book, uh, your guest booker. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, I was just eating dinner and, and she did the thing where she got up close and I said, get out. I, I did that. And it just occurred to me at that moment. I'm like, oh, that's the Scott Hall I'm 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 ripping off. Yeah. Where he he's you know he he would uh, the the one I could the one match I could point to uh, specifically is the Bash at the Beach where they create the NWO and he's like he's telling Gene, yeah, get out, yeah. get out of here. Yeah. Um, and I'll still do this the lazy double point. I've always yeah I've done that. Since yeah, since the end of the <laughs> I still and I always did that. And yeah. yeah. And that was from and Chris Farley did that and Tommy Boy and that that's a Siegfried um Siegfried and Roy thing, but that is become popularized by the end of so I'd always Oh yeah. It. Yep. Yeah. Um but I don't do the hardcore point. Like Nash does with two fingers, which he's already got gigantic fingers, so he doesn't need to use two. But I do the. It's like it's like the white trash middle finger, which I learned the term in Blair Witch, mm-hmm. where he just where he just does that. It's yeah. just the lazy ass trailer park middle finger, where it's just yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the lazy point where he's just right. <laughs> does it? <laughs> Um, but yes, when I was commish at uh, when I was on camera and doing the commish for the one night in uh, New Moon, uh-huh. surfboard through the through the curtain, you got to, got to, you got to. Got to. When you're a mark, you got to. Yes, every every time I've ever walked through any curtain, I was always in. I didn't realize I was doing that until after we lost Mr. Hall. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, I was doing the Scott Hall right there. No, Scott. Scott is probably one of the most, um, and I didn't realize until um, John Oliver. I, like I said, I watched the old you shoot with uh, Scott from uh, Kayfabe Commentaries. Mm-hmm. Sean, by the way, fuck RF video. Not yeah. the guys currently. The guy who started it is yeah. like, well, you just. Sean Oliver is a great host, and Kayfabe Commentary just blows uh, the original RF video out of the way. Just want to point mm-hmm. that out. Yeah, and Feinstein still has me blocked. Um. <laughs> That's because he's a coward. Uh, so, 
but he got it. And yeah, the, the tributes are still pointing in, uh, pouring in for Scott Hall. And uh-huh. he, his heech uh, was an RJ that said, um, Scott Hall left the business in a better place than when he joined it, than it was when he joined it. I'm like, that's interesting. And of course, that turns into the con- the guaranteed money and the contracts that change the game. And yeah, um, uh, yeah, I just I I, I, I miss him. I, I've been it got me going back into the uh, chronological um, doing uh, the stuff on the WWE net- uh, the WWE network. I'll get it out eventually. Um, cause I had stopped for a couple weeks, uh, well, a couple months. I haven't, I'm still on December 92 and it's right in the middle of that feud between razor Flair, and Brett and Hennig or Mr. Perfect. Right. So it was the superstars. I just watched today, the superstars where they all gang up on Brett and uh-huh. Mr. Perfect comes in for the save. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's got that razor is awesome. I mean, it's it's weird because it's like I always comment about God, it's such a bad Spanish accent, but then I'm like, well, Pacino's wasn't great either. No, that's why I, that's the only reason why I didn't like Scarface just because I couldn't take Al Pacino's accent. That's kind of racist. Though, look, look at you, look at Cacarol, look at you. And I've known, I've known. I counted seven Cubans or seven people born and raised in Cuba in my life. They don't even know anyone that, that talk like that. Okay, two words, I two things I don't break. My word and my balls. <laughs> me, I want what's coming to me. Who what's that? The world, Chico. The world, Which is yeah. that's what yeah. that's what Scott was doing, his razor. That's, yeah. Jake, but uh, Jake if you're out, look at my oh, rhyme, man. My man. I got me. Okay. If you're Al Pacino, seven time Oscar nominee at that point, you could have. I'm not going to argue with it. Yeah, you can do whatever accent you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a GM Spectre says it's a bad Spanish accent, but that makes it easy to do. Yeah, I, it was la- I was laughing because one of the things that I, I remember in retrospect, but I forgot until the tributes were pouring in were. Somebody was posting the Calcium Home video uh, segments of Razor telling you how to play WWE Raw. Yeah. For the Super Nintendo or the Genesis. Yeah. And he's doing the best, you know, he's doing Razor. Right. He's being Razor, but it's like, when, <laughs> so it's just someone pointed out the, the like despondent way he said, or press A. <laughs> now I can't unhear him. That, yeah. Press left, right, C, or press A. <laughs> now I can't unhear the damn thing. Um, I do want to say this: uh, a good Razor's Edge, where the guy really took a hit, good, mm-hmm. was probably one of the most devastating looking <laughs> crucifix power bombs I've ever seen. Yeah. If you take it soft like uh, some of the guys, it's like, well, you just made him look terrible. But if you just like writhed in pain, mm-hmm. it looked good. Speaking of painful, yeah. Uh, this past Wednesday, was it Wednesday? I lost track of the days. I'm pretty sure it was Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Cage match, Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, the AWA, AEW. We took a time machine, went to the wrong time period. The AEW women's title, hell, hell of a match. It was one of those matches where obviously we're doing this, so I didn't see it live, but everybody's talking. I'm like, is it really that good? Really good match. Really good, really good. It wasn't the greatest match in the history of cage matches. It was a really good cage match. They beat the holy hell out of each other. They bled like stuck pigs. And finally, finally, Thunder Rosa is the AEW Women's Champion. I'm going to ignore this week. I'm going to ignore all the times I said it should still be Nyla Rose because, duh, but I am so happy Thunder Rosa is AEW Champion. I can't tell you. It's one of those talents on a long list of people that we always talk about, like, how are they not on the main, on a main show? Not only is she on the main show, she's the champ now. And she kind of Wrestles 
she takes dates everywhere else, so she'll be representing that belt for a while. I, I really thought it was a cool moment. Um, I'm proud of her. Um, I think they could have done, they could, she could have had a great match with Britt Baker and gone over and won the title in her hometown without it being in a cage and thumbtacks and all the other stupid piddling shit that the men do. I think, and especially since we just had uh, a stupid piddling match with blood from the guys, you know, a week earlier or with the, um, the, the dog collar match. Um, I don't know why that has to be a selling point to have women bleed in a cage match or why there needed to be a cage match between these two in the first place. Uh, it's Thunder Rosa's homecoming. She came out with a mariachi band. Again, they could have, and they're both capable. Those two and Serena Deeb are the three best working women in the company. And so they're obviously more than capable of having a great match and still having Thunder Rosa going over without all the, again, piddling crap that they did. And I just thought it was completely unnecessary. And if you want to build your audience and get more people to watch AEW, having women bleed in a cage isn't going to be a selling point uh, to me, um, to any or to anyone who, who wants to see uh, wrestling or for anyone who wants to, to uh, if you're trying to build a new audience. Um, I, that, that's my, my two cents. I, I, I I didn't think I don't think I see how what AEW is trying to do, trying to see how we're, you know, they're a, a cut above, you know, the other federation and that kind of stuff. But uh, women bleeding in cage matches and with thumbtacks and all that shit, it's, it's stupid enough when the guys do it. You know, I we didn't talk about it in the uh, a couple of weeks ago, but with the dog collar match between Punk and CM Punk, why does it have thumbtacks? You're you have a dog. You're in a dog collar match with chain. For what? You and the match was great enough up until then. What do you need thumbtacks? So I'm completely on the other side of it. Um, I loved it. I I'm okay with cage matches, and I'm okay with. So I'm not a hard. I used to kind of. I was never hardcore into hardcore. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrestling that is yeah porn absolutely to this day to this uh, day uh, to this day on god, <laughs> on god. <laughs> but um i i under so i'm a complete hypocrite when it comes to blood i know the thing you know the 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 old school mentality where you're only supposed to bleed when it matters and uh, but i was totally okay with it I, I, you know, these two have had battles. So I was like, yes, yes, yes. Now she's painting her hand into the thumbtacks. And now even, uh, um, oh God, I blanked on her name. I knew I was going to do it. The referee. Yeah. Aubrey. Uh, Aubrey, Aubrey Edwards. Thank you. I could, I could, I was blanking on her name and, and, and she deserves to smack me when I meet to see her. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she went down for the three count and she's posted a picture later where she had like six or seven tacks in her fifth. All fan for it. the power bomb to the tax, which was, you know, referenced weeks before. I, I don't know why, Craig. Usually, you know, a lot of times we agree 100%, but I was, it was a long time I was invested in a match and I was completely invested. And maybe that's because I was biased and I just wanted Thunder Rosa to win very badly, but I was completely 100% invested in the blood, in, in, the, in the spots, you know, the fact that it was in a cage. Now, to be fair, I didn't watch the rest of the show last week, uh, past YouTube, so I was easily invested into that match. So I'll just throw that out there to be fair. And and to be fair to AEW, um, they're getting blood in a cage match, which is what I expect. You should be. Yes. And you think of the, the years of, of, match, of cage matches in WWE when there's no blood at all. Um, and 
that's really not the way to blow off a feud. But again, we're I'm talking professional wrestling now. That's what you do in professional wrestling. This isn't that, or it hasn't been that in quite a while. Cage matches are your last resort or to end something and um, to uh, to put someone over at the end. And there's got to be, like the Oscar-winning film, there, there will be blood if you have a cage match. And for years of them not having it in the WWF, in this case, it's a welcome. Hand. I just didn't think it was necessary, not for these two. If you build up a proper program at Thunder Rosa, could have gone over in her hometown just as easily without a cage. And if you're, again, just like with the dog collar, if you're in a cage already, what the living fuck do you need tax for? My God. And it's enough if they're in a cage. It's enough that they're both bleeding. Um, like you're putting a hat on a hat. It's not necessary. But I digest. Well, fuck you, Craig. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, well, I, I, I am interested to see uh, it, to agree with you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not, not the blood in the cage. I was all for that. However, and there's really no way out of this. We're still advancing storylines too fucking fast. Mm-hmm. That should have been for reserved for end of the year. Um, yeah. Big event, like all in in September or October, whenever yeah. the hell it is, not revolution. Yes. But if you, mm-hmm. if you waited till all in, no complaints? No. If you waited. Just like still see, we're advancing storylines too damn fast. That's the problem. Yes, because if you want to wait, if you want to build, if you want to make it a big deal, why not have Jeff Hardy come back on a pay-per-view and team with his brother for the first time in four years? No, we'll just give it away on free TV. It's nothing. And instead of having those two team up for the first time in however many years against the main event talent, against the top team in AEW, let's do it against a couple of job guys for free and not even advertise it a week ahead, of, a week in advance. We'll advertise it the day of the show in a press release. Almost as if they forgot a draw is a draw. <laughs> what the living fuck are you doing? My God. Make it, it, make it mean something. Do you understand? Even if everyone on oh, earth knows that, that Jeff Hardy is going to be in AEW in a matter of time, milk it. Stretch that shit out. Don't have him appear on TV at all. Have him appear don't on have him, Don't have him dance on the way in to make the save. So, yeah, don't have him dance on the way in to make the save. Have him by, via satellite or via Zoom. He's got to go through the proto- the AEW protocols. because, And you can allude to the fact that he never failed a drug test at his former company and that they let him go for, you know, so he's got to go through the, he said, and he's completely clean, but AEW isn't taking any chances. So I can't wrestle on TV yet. And then have Matt go through some shit and a tease Jeff going, going, going. And then the Hardys are back and you give it away for free on TV against a couple of job guys. And they just wrestled right now as we spoke. We did, they wrestled in a fucking eight man. Again, for why? Against the, the, the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker? For, for, for what? Matt and Jeff are back. That's not, oh my, what are you doing? I just watched it for free TV. They were the opening match. Why? Think the one that Sting was in? Yes. Speaking of somebody should only be a pay-per-view attraction. Exactly. But no, we'll give it away for free. We'll have a 62-year-old jumping up the top rope and go through tables. Hey, hey, hey. Let's not get hasty, Craig. I know. I know. If you're going to have your your oldest living superstar icon Hall of Famer. Do it on pay-per-view. Exactly. Pay for that. Make it mean something. And no one's going to remember this tomorrow or even like, I, don't, I just barely remember it now. We're not even an hour in the show. 
Anybody remember this thing jumped off the top rope and went through a table? I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did. But well, geez. let's see how long from now we remember this. Now, I love Kevin Owens to death. Mm-hmm. It must be the first name Kevin. Both Kevin Owens and Kevin Nash have me blocked on Twitter uh, <laughs> for trolling someone that was being rude to them. Mm-hmm. I don't hold it against them. They're two of my favorite people. Kevin Owens is, is I love Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen. Yes. Um, not thrilled. <laughs> this is the first time I felt like you, Craig. Yeah. Uh, not the black part. The uh, the old. You felt depressed and uh, not listened to. <laughs> I listened to you, you son of a bitch. Don't, don't roll me in with those other crackers, you son of a bitch. <laughs> no, what? No, what'd you feel? How'd you feel? I, I felt like I was old, and I didn't oh. understand what was going on. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Why are Austin and uh, Kevin Owens fighting? Who cares that he doesn't like Texas? First of all, he's taking shots at Texas as a state. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Kevin Owens is a good guy, right? Yeah. yeah fuck Texas. You can't blow him for that. Have you, have you seen that? Yeah. Texas? Do you know what's going on? Have you heard about their governor? Have you, have you read the news recently? <laughs> yeah. About Texas? Yes. I'd be cheering. Hey, if you live in, if you live in Texas, do better. Yeah, exactly. But I, and I mean, your elected officials, you know, I might be the a-hole. I'm not, not I'm in this not. situation, but, mm-hmm. but he came out and did a really, now, first of all, I don't see Kevin. Owens. I'm not criticizing. I love Kevin Owens. I have zero problems with him. I love that. He does the stunner and I love that. He does the stunner and it looks good. 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I Got excited because I heard about the segment where he was mocking Stone Cold. And wouldn't you know it was the worst segment on Raw? <laughs> that's a hard, that's a low bar. Yeah. And not because of him. It's just, it's the writing. Why is that the reason that so people have been talking trash about Stone Cold ever since he left? And now all of a sudden he's going to fight Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. I don't care. Of course I want to see him come. I, I like Steve. I want him, I want him to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know it. I know you don't. It's like old guy taking up spot. Get it. We'll talk about that in a second. Please, by all means, go with that. No, I don't even mean that ironically or sarcastically. I, I understand. But of course, I want to see him come back one more time because it kind of fizzled out. He had that last match with Rock. And we all knew later that, oh, that's it. He's not wrestling anymore because he literally can't. An excuse to see him in the ring in Texas. I understand why you would want him there. But can you give me a better reason than Kevin Owens said mean things about me? Yeah. I don't they, get it, man. I don't get it. I sound like I'm complaining, and I am. I think this is fucking stupid. They could have done so many other things to get Steve Austin and Kevin Owens in. The fact that they just out of nowhere, out, there's no basis for this. There's there been no background. There's been no history of Kevin Owens giving a French fry titty fuck about Texas. And then just a month ago, out of nowhere, I hate Texas. And even your Steve Austin. All right. So a lot of people hate Texas. And I'll just keep on going on. about. It's like there was no connection to Steve Austin at all. And they, they just, they just kind of shoehorned it in. We'll just kind of keep sticking this in and sticking this in. Out of all the things you could do to get Steve Austin back in the ring, or at least just to have him on the Kevin Owens show, why would you? Why would it be the attacking Texas thing? Why not the fact that you took his move and maybe with Austin's approval, but just say I do it better than Austin. I do I do a stunner better than Austin ever did, and I should be the new Stone Cold. I'm glad he gave me approval to use this move, but it's like he sucked at it. I'm better at it. I don't need yeah. his approval. It's mine something now. That, there you go. That's it. We're done. That's something that connects Owens to Steve Austin. Not this. I just I hate Texas bullshit. It's and you're 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 grasping at something that you. It's just such a because it's because like we said two minutes ago. Me too. Yeah. Me too, man. That's not that's not again. Any right any sane person will think that makes you a, a face. If you say how much you hate Texas, again, have you read the internet? That's that's a common refrain. 
for any, you know, rational thinking human being, you should hate Texas. People that live there hate Texas or are our, embarrassed. Our, our, our friend Jenny moved there and she's already talking about leaving. Yes. <laughs> Jenny, I miss you every day. And yeah, you know what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 I obviously, um, and Austin okayed all this is the reason why we're talking about this. Yeah. And because and Austin knew if any guy was going to have a match, you know, because you said Austin, when he had his last match with Rock, that was it. He's walked away. He's never come back. But if Austin was going to have a match or have a, a Dick the Bruiser type match, uh, for those of you who don't know what Dick the Bruiser that did towards the end of his career, just work with guys that could sell for him and bump like hell for him and make Bruiser look like a million bucks. And when you look at it, Bruiser wasn't doing a whole lot. I talked about the late, great Bobby Eaton, what he did for Mr. Wrestling 2, who was in his late 40s. Uh, two would shoot him off, you know, get eaten with a hip toss, get eaten with an arm drag, punch Eaton in the stomach and knee lift him and even fly with a top rope. Mr. Wrestling 2 never moved from the center of the ring. It was Eaton bouncing back and forth like a pinball, made two look like a million bucks. If anyone can do that, have that kind of match with Austin to sell for Austin to make Austin look like a million bucks, it'd be Owens. And someone that Steve Austin has made no no secret of the fact that he's always loved, he's always liked, just like you and I have always loved Kevin Owens. Because he can make someone look like a million bucks, and you know we do it for Steve. You know? I just thought, looking at the situation of all the other things that Steve Austin has not signed off on or went home for in the past mm-hmm. that he was like, that was good. I liked it. Yeah. You know, cause uh, Austin didn't want to work with Hogan. That's why rock got the match with Hogan at WrestleMania, you know? And so he's put the kibosh on a lot of things. He walked out because he didn't, you know, want to wrestle rock Lesnar on TV for free out of nowhere. With Seems no to be a theme. Up. Yeah, we, we were we've got a theme here this week on uh, HIAC Talk Radio. Make but yeah, it mean so, something. Yes, make it mean something. So yeah, so Austin, uh, for for Austin to be okay with this, obviously he uh, he said saw something in Kevin Owens. They brought it to him to have this with Kevin Owens. Uh, at first, it was supposed to be a match. Now we know it's just the KO show, so it's not going to be a, a full match. It'll be something where. Austin gets to do his Austin stuff and Kevin will get to sell sell for him. GM Spectre says, Texas seems like Florida. Small pockets of cool places, but a lot of other stuff. Yes. A lot of the other stuff, excuse me. A lot of the other stuff, yes. No comment. Uh, Craig? Sir? Take us to the past, sir. I would love to take you to the past because my God, am I sick of the present, folks. On this uh, National Puppy Day, I come to you um, to take you back when wrestling did mean something, where angles were drawn out, where matches were set up to have a bigger match, not big match, and then tiny matches afterwards. This is back when wrestling took over all 50 states in coliseums, in stadiums, in arenas, in high school gymnasiums, sold out everywhere where territories ruled the earth and where sports entertainment was professional wrestling. This is the wrestling historian. Boom. Um, you're going to like you like the theme of HIAC talk radio this week is make it mean something. Um, the theme of this week's wrestling historian is it's WrestleMania week. Oh, so we're going to look back at some of the, the pregnant great pause made me nervous matches and causes matches and cards in WrestleMania history, and that took place uh, in this week in wrestling, uh, namely uh, March seventeenth, St. Patrick's Day. 20 years ago, March 17th, Dan, WrestleMania 18 took place in the Sky Dome. 
um, with the uh, main event. Well, the main event that night, wrongfully, was Triple H versus Chris Jericho for the Undisputed Heavyweight Championship. What should have been the main event was the match that we just talked about earlier, Hulk Hogan versus The Rock. Uh, there, I, <laughs> I, I'm very vocal about how I feel about Hulk Hogan as a person, mm-hmm. but I also never fail to take the chance to recognize what he was in wrestling. Of course, wrestling would not be the same without him. No, there's no getting around that, mm-hmm. and there's no reason to. I mean. Do I think he was as good as people say he was? No. Right person, right place, right time. Mm-hmm. And he did have hell of matches. Yeah. Like him and Muda in Japan. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's a p- completely different Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Completely Hulk Hogan. different Hulk Hogan than you see on, on the U.S. television. Hulk Hogan in the AWA. Completely Hulk Hogan in the AWA. Yeah. Uh, J-Rod said that match was miles better. Even Scott Hall's match against Stone Cold was amazing. And that's so funny. I rewatched that match this weekend, just the, the quick tail off for a second, and then get back uh-huh. to the Hogan thing. Yeah. Hall doesn't like that match. Well, he didn't. He's dead now. Um, <laughs> he would think that was funny. Yeah. He didn't like that match because of where he was mentally. I went back and watched it because I. it's a part of the thing. I don't remember where he said, I'm not a fan of that match. Mm-hmm. Scott Hall and Austin, it was a great match. <laughs> I get where he's coming from. I'm like, that was great, Scott. I, yeah. yeah, don't worry about that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have seen there's two times I have seen Hogan change from face to heel or heel to face, excuse me, mm-hmm. in the ring in the middle of the match. Right. Not on the anywhere near the grand scale that WrestleMania 18 was. But uncensored 99 against Flair. Flair was the face going in. And in the middle of that match, after all that BS that was happening, he was starting to turn into bad Flair where he was an egomaniac and didn't care about his kid and all that stuff that came out kayfabe wise. (laughs) And in the middle of this cage match, which I beg anybody who has access to the network, go watch this match. It's bloody as hell, too. It's a uh, cage match with barbed wire wrapped around the top and Flair and Hogan both bleed like I said the phrase earlier like stuck pigs they bleed so good in that match yeah. but in the middle of the match for the first time this is 1999 for the first time since early 96 or late 95 Hogan hawks up yeah. and that place went nuts yeah. <laughs> and in the middle of that match Flair at the end of that night Flair was bad Hogan was good Hollywood Hogan was a face. Beginning of this match, before they even touch, it it changed the course. Of, I mean, between Scott's issues that he was dealing with and this face turn that was orga- completely organic, not written, it brought back the return of Hulkamania, the red and the yellow down the line. But before the match, they even touched. It went from Hogan being the bad. This NWO rammed the rocks limousine with a tractor trailer with an 18 wheeler three times they ran the back of this am not a limo that's that's nitro uh the ambulance that the rock they beat the holy hell out of the rock put him in an ambulance like they had to take him out because they beat the hell out of him so bad and then they ran the ambulance with a big ass 18 wheeler and before they touch hogan's face I've never in my life seen people chant. It's try the fans have tried to do it since. Not like this. They chant rock, Rocky, and organically switch to Hogan. All 60,000, however many people were at the Sky Dome. One of the most amazing things I've ever seen. So, like I said, just to be fair to Hulk, mm-hmm. as a person, as a wrestler, Look at this match and tell me this is 20 years at that point past his prime. 15 years. 
unbelievable. One of the most, I'll never, I could see the room where I was sitting. Everything is frozen in time. Watching that, getting goosebumps going. I, I can't believe I'm hearing this. It's amazing. And the match was great. <laughs> Sorry, Craig took over. Go ahead, professor. That's okay. Uh, the, the Rock Hogan match booked expertly by the late great Pat Patterson, uh, right down to the, uh, the stairs and the both men looking out at the crowd. Um, great moment in uh, wrestling history. Some would say past meets present or uh, present meets future, but certainly, uh, as much as people uh, hyped it up, it's like a match I never thought I'd see. I never thought I would see Rock and Hogan in the same match or have it be received as well as it was. Um, but yes, 68,237 people in the Sky Dome. Jay Rod just said, what's crazy about the match is that crowd was booing the Rock at one point. They were booing him mm-hmm. and they wanted Hulk to win. They got so excited when Hulk dropped, leg dropped and thought he won. Yeah. I, it's just like I said, they turned. It, it, the Rocky was the bad guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder. I would love to know what the referee is thinking. Because for those who don't know, referees have earpieces, mm-hmm. and they're communicating what's going on with the tr- production or gorilla position where the producers are to the guys in the ring. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they ignored it and kept going as planned or if they made any changes. I don't know, man. I don't know either. I'd love to know. I wouldn't ask Hulk. I'd ask Dwayne. <laughs> Probably get a straighter answer. Yes, you'll definitely get a, well, you get a more, more faithful, honest answer uh, closer to the truth. Unlike his TV show, Young Rock, the actual Rock will actually tell you what actually happened. Um <laughs> Still. You tell me that shows bullshit. I'm telling you, for any fans of the, of Young Rock, that Andre the Giant, the Iron Sheik, Randy Savage, Junkyard Dog, uh, were never in the same place at the same time in Hawaii in 1982. It did not happen in the history of time and space. Um, none of that happened. But hey, why let the facts get in the way of a good story? Uh, but that was uh. 20 years ago, March 17th, uh, WrestleMania 18, Toronto Skydome. Um, March 18th, happy belated 66th birthday uh, to a guy, I'm not going to say doesn't get enough credit that he deserves because he was a former world champion. He was a phenomenal worker and still a one- fine, handsome man. Happy 66th birthday uh, to Rick Martell. Ah, yes. No, he's underrated. He doesn't get talked enough, talked about enough by current wrestling fans. I'll I'll, I'll go out on him and say that. He was the AWA. Shut up, Craig. No, he he was the (laughs) AWA champion, but unfortunately people will know him more as being a model than being a former world champion. Listen, not for nothing. Mm-hmm. I hated him. It worked. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Like, because like before the model, he was goddamn world class at world class athlete. Yeah. World class professional wrestler, multi champion all over the country, all over the world. Yeah. But then he, he kind of had a resurrection as the model. One mm-hmm. of the most hated men. In, God, I hated that guy. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Uh, it's called yeah. arrogance. <laughs> you want to smell like me? Yeah, um, yeah, and but again, in phenomenal shape. This was that happened five years, eight years after he uh, uh, was the AWA champion. I mean, it's amazing. You're you're the number one guy in the second largest company, wrestling company in the United States. And two years later, you're in a tag team bout in in WrestleMania three is one half of the Can Am Connection, just like that. Uh, I was going to bring this up, but I'll, I'll piggyback off of what GM Spectre said. Martell's last run in WCW was actually pretty good. I was going to bring that up. Bischoff brought Martell in to be a big name. They te- teased that for weeks. Yeah, that another 
big name in wrestling is coming to Nitro. And it was freaking Mick Rick Martell. No gimmick, no mm-hmm. model, no, 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 like alternate version. You know how they'd bring guys in and like big boss man was the boss or yeah, whatever the hell he was called at first. And before he was Guardian. straight trailer. Yeah. Guardian Angel. Guardian Angel at one point. Yes. Right. Um, he was just Rick Martell. Black Trunks came out <laughs> and was still world class. Class. Like, why can't I say world class athlete? <laughs> Jerry Fat, world class athlete, yeah, was uh, having a great match against Booker T. Injured himself, came back for a match, then had another match against Booker T. And re-injured himself, ended his career. I mean, he was injured yeah. in the ring. It wasn't anything Booker T. It was just two unfortunate accidents in the yeah. ring that ended his career. The second one, but mm-hmm. they were going to push him as a semi-main eventer. Yeah, because he was Rick Martell, and that's the Bischoff connection. Because Bischoff worked with him in AWA when he was uh, yeah. uh, around the time he was champion. Mm-hmm. And Rick Martell, yeah, I did. Uh, and Rick Martell was in the AWA in late '83 when you had a talent roster that included him, Kurt Henning, Dave Schultz, Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan, um. Winkle. Dean Okerlin, uh, Bobby Keenan, Nick Bockwinkle, Ken Patera. Um, they were all there. And you had talent all over the place. Tito Santana uh, was there. So late 83 in the AWA, you had talent coming out of your ass. And they were out drawing, out selling um, what the WWF was doing, namely with Hogan on top. Um, so, and But Rick Martel was your your number two baby face under Hogan there. And again, always guy he always kept himself in phenomenal shape. You know, always looked good, always re- worked good, always wrestled good. And when I say he didn't get the credit he deserved, yes, he was a world champion, but um his work ethic was second to none. And again, no one has one bad thing to say about him. And again, for a guy that had, had a long career and um, that I always thought he was better as a he was a great heel, but I always thought he was a better face. And uh, just because he can't be that good looking, and you know, he, he was made to be a baby. <laughs> Why I pull it off just fine. You do, and also Rick Martel will always be the known as the man who beat Stan Hansen in nine seconds. Mm-hmm. Left, yeah, that's the first time I heard of him. I never saw him wrestle, but I know he beat Stan Hansen. I knew Stan Hansen was the guy that broke Bruno San Martino's neck, but Rick Martel beat him in nine seconds. I like Rick Martel, and I didn't even know. I hadn't even seen him wrestle yet, but I thought he was my favorite. But happy he had a credibility to Rick to you, right? Yes, he did. Yes, it did. So a happy 66th birthday. Happy belated 66th birthday to Rick Martel. Um, staying on that date, March 18th, 21 years ago, Dan, 2001, WCW Greed pay-per-view. Um, not necessarily known for its matches or its card, but it will always be known as the very last WCW pay-per-view. I want to correct you on one thing. Yes. Shane Helms and Chavo Guerrero is a great match. <laughs> Who? Shane Helms and Chavo? Yes. Yeah. No, I was kidding because you said it's not known for matches. You're right. I was kidding. No, it was a great. I just remember it was a great pay-per-view. I remember it gave me hope because mm-hmm. it was in Jacksonville Coliseum. Yeah. And it looked full. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was a good show. And it, it had that weird thing, like I I did not get Scott Steiner as the guy. No. And towards the end of that company, he was the guy. He beat everybody. Yeah. Now I'm sure it was leading up to something, mm-hmm. but he was put he put Sid out, he put Nash out, he put Paige out, he put Goldberg out. Right. Um, he almost put Booker out. Um, but 
I think that's my only. That's a great show. Greed was a great show, but at that point, it was guys that were just wrestling their balls off because they were like, "Well, this is over soon." (laughs) (laughs) That's the actually the first thing I went back to watch when the network went live. Well, there's two things. I went to watch the Slamboree '98 cruiserweight spot, Mm -hmm. the one that we talk about all the time, and then I watched this whole show. I watched Greed. Okay, it was good. I thought it was going to lead. Uh, GM Spectre says the WCW ending is still so surreal. I thought it was going to be leading to Booker as face the company. I'm pretty sure that's what it was going to. I yeah. thought eventually all those guys that took out Scotty, uh, that Scotty took out, took out. were going to yeah. come back and back the, and back Booker. And Booker was going to get that sweet revenge, finally pinning him one, two, three, and being the champ and going into that next year's Starcade at the end of the year as the man. I, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. But the world will never know. Yes, like the how many licks does it take to get to the mm-hmm. the real center of a tootsie pop? I'll world. tell you how many licks it gets to get to the center of a blow pop. Thirty eight. Yeah. Well, everyone knows that, but okay. Thirty nine, <laughs> if you enjoy it. What up, bump? Thank you. You're welcome. Um, it brings us to uh, March twentieth. Back to Madison Square Garden and a match we've talked about. And one of the great cards in wrestling history. Um, and I'm going to pose this question to you now because I want us to explore this at a different, right. on a different podcast for another time. Or we, we can even add Derek on this one um, before I get to this moment in wrestling history. Uh, but Dan, if you can go back in time, if you wanted to, or even just if there was one match or one card you were, wish you were at live, what would that be? That's a question I want to I pose to you, and that's why we can have our answers at a different podcast at a different time. But um, that's the one question yeah. I had me thinking: if you could go to one match or one card. Anywhere, anywhere, at any time. One match. I know the answer, but you want me to wait to answer it? Which you could have seen live. Sure. Do you want me to answer it now, or do you want me to wait till we do that? Yeah. Yeah. WrestleMania ten. Okay. Well, as luck would have it, Dan, that's (laughs) never too. (laughs) March twentieth. I swear to God, I didn't do that on purpose. March twentieth, nineteen ninety four, WrestleMania ten, Madison Square Garden took place. Um, celebrating the, the 10th year of WrestleMania, but yes, WrestleMania 10, the opening bout, maybe the greatest opening bout in wrestling. This in is why I want to be there. This is the match. There's two, but this is the one match, the other match I want to be there for. Owen Hart versus Bret Hart. Maybe it's the so best good, dude. opening bout in pay-per-view history in any company. I know people are like, oh God, Bret Hart. No, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> Jeffrod, stop it. Are you being serious? I'll answer. If you tell me you're being serious, I'll tell Craig what you said. Um, no, uh, that match is spectacular. I mean, you know, non-kayfabe, you know, these guys know each, other, know each other better than anybody. Yeah. Maybe they're better than most of the tag teams out there. It's on a personal level, because I don't know if you know this, guys. They're mm-hmm. But it's it's flawless. Yeah. Yeah, they're both so good. Owen was so good. Brett was so good. Um, yeah, I, I would have paid any amount of money. Now, granted, I was 11. <laughs> but my point is, is, if you tell me if I have a time machine and I can go back to any card, and this is the WCW mark talking, that is the card I'd go see. Okay. Well, that's, that's a good place this week in wrestling history. I guess that's WrestleMania season, March 20th, 1994. Uh, Owen versus Brett. You had Luger versus Yoko, Yokozuna. Um, and then you had Brett versus Yokozuna later on. Uh, but the match that stole the show that we. The talk- other match I want to see. Yeah, the match that we talked about a great deal last week in our tribute to one of the participants. The first ever pay per view ladder match. The first ladder match in WrestleMania history for the inter- for the undisputed Intercontinental Championship. Shawn Michaels 
versus Reza Ramon. Hey yo, that hey, I yo. went also watched rewatched that last week. Uh huh. It's it better every time I see it. As again, the single greatest ladder match in WrestleMania history. Now I know some younger people will yell blasphemy because they've got the Hardys, Edge, and Christian, and the Dudley Boys on their mind, and that's fine. Um, they had great spots and they had great matches with multiple ladders and multiple high spots and the world's tallest ladder that Jeff insisted on jumping off of or Bully insisted on being on the ground for taking it. But and more what, props to you, by the way. Yes, and more power to, to you guys for, for doing that. But why I put the Razor Shawn Michaels ladder match above all others because not only did they set the tone for all future WrestleMania ladder matches and let any ladder match to come on any company, uh, pay-per-view or otherwise, but Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon put on the best show at WrestleMania 10 on Dan's favorite card of all time with one single ladder. That's all they had. There wasn't a 25 under the ring. There wasn't eight stationed around ringside. They had one ladder. So if that ladder broke or that ladder was bent. Tough That's pity. the breaks, folks. Them's the breaks. But they had one right. ladder. And they put on the, the single best ladder match in wrestling history. And that match showed that Razor Ramon, with that win, could wrestle with anybody, especially with a guy like Sean, who he was five inches taller and outweighed by 100 pounds, so he can wrestle in any in any wrestle against any style. And it put on the map, and I said this when it happened, um, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, Bill After and the, the staff there said the biggest observation they got out of WrestleMania 10, uh, one was they thought Owen would be a future world champion since he'd already beaten Brett, and two, that Shawn Michaels is the best wrestler in the world. And I was like, this is 1994. I was like, really? It said over Sting and over Vader? And their reasoning being Shawn Michaels had, if Shawn Michaels hadn't had tied himself up in the ropes, he was still ready to go. After all the, the, the punishment he went through in that ladder match, if he hadn't got his leg caught in the ropes, and Shawn is so good, he got his leg caught in the rope and then got his and leg got out and got his arm caught. And he was yeah. still trying, but he was still trying to get if if Michaels hadn't gotten caught on the ropes, their reason being he was still would have been ready to go. He's he, it's a great finish. Yes. It's a great match. The end of that match is perfect. Yes, it is. And yes, it was. So there it is, folks. Dan's favorite card of all time took place this week in wrestling history. Go ahead. Uh just an honorable mention, J Rod, um, who gifted a sub earlier, uh, he has an answer to where he would go to see a match. Mm-hmm. He would go to see La Resistance winning the tag titles in Quebec. Okay. He said, and I asked him, is he being serious? Because he used to watch wrestling. He hasn't, he doesn't watch it anymore, but he used to watch quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Yeah, I'm serious. The crowd went insane. Go watch that on YouTube. I was like, I, I, I remember. <laughs> he just sometimes J Rod likes to mess with me and, and test me. So I was making sure he was serious and he's being serious. And it's 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 a good, it's a good pop. That's a really good pop. Okay. I, I and no. and to justify my WrestleMania 10 thing, mm-hmm. you'll yeah, say, yeah. well, you're WCW guy. No, 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 I know, but there's mm-hmm. other people out there that um why why not pick another WCW card? Um my first WCW, my first show I saw in person, again, I just want to reiterate for the hundredth time, was uh the main event was Funk and Muda versus Sting and Flair with Bruno San Martino, Ole Anderson, and Gary Hart. I'm good. Yeah, you get better than that. And I I told, yeah, I told you my first match was card was um, Bruno Sammartino versus Georgie Animal Steel in a stretcher match with Andre the Giant as a special guest referee. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to do anything. Well, other. Don't answer the question. I want you to answer that question and to Derek answer that question on uh, next time he's on. It won't be next week. Next week is Nerd Herders. But yeah. mm-hmm. remind me about that. We will put it on the docket. Yes, we will. Uh, but yeah, March 20th, 1994, WrestleMania 10, 
took place in wrestling in wrestling history. Which brings us to today, Dan. Today in wrestling history, um, big things happened. Uh, Twenty five years ago today was WrestleMania 13 in Chicago. Oh, and one more thing about the WrestleMania 10, a couple of things that happened. Go back to your favorite card. Um, Not only was that um, that WrestleMania was the last WrestleMania for Randy Savage. That was his last WrestleMania. Um, It was also... Diesel, Kevin Nash's first WrestleMania, even though he didn't wrestle. The dark match was the Bushwhackers defeating the Heavenly Bodies. It will be Jim Cornette's first WrestleMania. But the other first that occurred on your favorite card of all time, WrestleMania 10, Dan, this was the first WrestleMania without Hulk Hogan. Ah, well, that's another reason for, for me to go. <laughs> uh, which, yeah, that, that was my last we thing. Can, on, uh, we, can, we can ignore the main event, though. Yes. <laughs> we'll skip that one. But today in wrestling history, what I did got me thinking about um, WrestleMania 13 in Chicago. Um, that was a uh, history-making WrestleMania um, because... You had uh, Triple H defeated Goldust, but that was what the big story was. That was the debut of China. Right, yeah. That she, uh, that's the where she came out of the uh, crowd, started tossing uh, yeah. um, uh, um, Melina, I, her uh, other, yeah. I forgot her alt name, Terry, Melina around like a rag doll. I yeah. mean, Terry's, she, she sold for China so good. It looks so good. Yeah, like yeah, Mar- a little baby. Yeah, it's Marlena. She was a rag doll. Marlena, uh, not Marlena, not Marlena. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Like after Marlena Dietrich, because that was Goldust doing the Hollywood gimmick. Uh, Owen and Davy Boy uh, def- defeated the team of Vader and Mankind, and that was Mankind's first WrestleMania. So the same guy that he lost his ear to. Last week in, in wrestling history, teamed up uh, at WrestleMania. Um, also, you Vader, go away. <laughs> uh, Undertaker pinned Sid for the WWE title. Good. And that would be Sid's last WrestleMania. Also good. Uh, the Sultan, um, managed by the Iron Sheik. Uh, lost to someone making their first WrestleMania appearance under the name of Rocky Maivia. That was his first WrestleMania 25 years ago today, Dan. The Rock made his debut at Rocky Maivia. But the big match, again, not the main event, but the match that stole the show and some would say changed the WWE forever that this was the match. It happened 25 years ago. Bret Hart defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin. And we were just talking about Rock and Hogan, how the crowd changed. The crowd changed. Bret Hart walked in, the biggest face in the company. Steve Austin, biggest heel. Crowd changed. That match alone, and some will say that match, not some, many, is a match that ushered in the Attitude Era and a match that changed the WWE forever. Because after that match, when Steve Austin, who never gave up, and that picture of Austin yelling in pain in the sharpshooter while the blood dripped into his mouth, defined Stone Cold, and all. Brett acting like a heel afterwards, even towards Ken Shamrock, the special guest referee. Um, the crowd changed. And Brett went from face to heel, and Steve Austin went from heel to face. And you know how hard that is to do, especially in, in 1997? 
Um, yeah, because, considering we, we talked about the only three that we remember, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, with, with Hogan and Rock, it would have been easier because both guys were huge faces and when you and both guys were huge heels. So having, and they've set the precedent, so having uh, the crowd cheer for Rock at the beginning and then boo him at the end, the same thing with Hogan. With Austin, there was no caveat like that. Fans have been cheering Brett for nearly 20 years at that point. He had been a face for much of his career at this point. So there was no reason to boo him until, except for Austin. And that match, 25 years ago today, the beginning of the Stone Cold era. In fact, if you put the letter S in front of the word Hitman, you have my exact opinion of Bret Hart. It's one of the funniest, easiest shots I've ever heard. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it was. And that was also the first time Austin ent- entered with the uh, the glass breaking. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And he kind of had to walk through it because it didn't break all the way. Mm-hmm. Ow. Uh, <laughs> and while that changed the WWE forever, 25 years ago, Dan, 21 years ago, is the date that changed wrestling forever because 21 years ago, Dan world wrestling entertainment announced its purchase of world championship wrestling 21 years ago today, the Monday night words ended. I won't dwell on it too much, but because we dwelled on it a lot last year for the 20th, mm-hmm. but it's the closest I came to crapping my pants without actually physically crapping my pants. When the world championship wrestling logo plays yeah. fades out and it fades into Vince. goddamn McMahon on TNT. <laughs> Surreal. I- it's still well, like the inspector said earlier. It's still surreal. Yeah, yeah, surreal. Like the Sabers beating the Penguins so far tonight, three to two, <laughs> in the third period. That's surreal. That's but surreal. yeah, the end of my favorite. My uh, favorite company. Yeah, and the gold. <laughs> now, considering five years earlier, <laughs> was Bash at the Beach. And the biggest shock in wrestling history that would change the fortune of WCW just five years earlier. But five years after that, the company was sold for $2 million. Hey, Derek. Derek's watching on YouTube. Where the fuck are you, Derek? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, $2 million. What a colossal rise and fall. (laughs) It's so quick. And from such dizzying heights, I mean, 83 weeks in a row, they won the Monday Night Wars. It wasn't even close. Between the debut of the the NWO, Hogan's turn, Hall Nash and Hogan, the NWO got so big, they renamed WCW, NWO, WCW. The rise of Goldberg, the evolution of Sting. And gone. gone. Just like that. Just like that. Gone. And just like history, this segment. Oh. And that, gentlemen and ladies, is the wrestling historian. And you can follow me on any and all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Craig Lagon, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S. Right button, Dan. Hey, you can follow me on Twitter at DanLaw83. All social media platforms at DanLaw83. The HIC Talk Radio Network on your favorite podcast app, on your phone, on any phone, any mobile device. Type in HICTalkRadio.com. Like, share, subscribe, listen, review, please. Listen to the HIC Talk Radio Network. Stadium Journey, this podcast, 
Manic Mixtape Nerd Herders, which is on next week. All there. Available to watch. For Craig Lagans, not to watch, to listen. I'll get it right eventually. For Craig Lagans, I am the other guy. Good night.